Good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Vibe and Cultivate with Maya. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. This will probably be the last episode of 2021, but not the last episode of season two, obviously. Um, We are just getting started. Today, we're going to be doing something that... I have wanted to do for so long and it took me a minute to compile all of my thoughts and all of my notes on this to encompass exactly what I envisioned this to be and that is um so in in the spirit of closing out the year and starting a new year not to be cliche but we're going to be talking about new beginnings And the context through which we're going to talk about that is not like New Year's resolutions. Like, um, no, you're not going to get that here. Um, This is Bad Bitch Training Part 1. What we're going to be going through is a lot of the same conversations that I have with people of all walks of life over and over and over again throughout my human experience um, where people ask me um how do I stay focused how do I stay disciplined how do I get shit done and really I find a lot of these conversations to be redundant and not to say that I don't like having them but we've all had those experiences of like giving advice and then people hear you but like they don't really hear you because they don't change anything So, not to say that, like, listening to a podcast episode about it is going to change that for some people. I don't know. Maybe it will. But I essentially wanted to compile a lot of the same talking points and pieces of advice that I've given people over the years um, who were just, you know, interested in, in my philosophy about truly what it takes to be a confident person, to be a bad bitch, because it's not just about like what you look like in fact it has nothing to do with what you look like um there are so many people in the world who i would consider very attractive and very beautiful but they're awful (laughs) on the inside and it's like just looking a certain way does not negate the fact that you treat people poorly you feel me so what we're going to be talking about is an overall approach to improving yourself and not for the sake of trying to control or alter what people think of you and I know that might seem a little bit antithetical to why I'm even creating this episode but let me be really clear when you are trying to be the best version of yourself that's for you like it's for you first and foremost it will have positive salient effects on the people around you but like you have to want it for yourself is a big part of this and some people just don't want it enough they really don't you know people are more comfortable in their comfort zone and in staying how they are but if you're 
looking for a change, if you want to continue developing your toolkit on how to be better every day and, you know, how to take these opportunities for growth with every mistake, with every triumph, every failure, everything. Like, if you just want to, like, maximize this life experience with me, this episode is for you. So, um, this is Bad Bitch Training Part 1, New Beginnings. The first thing that I want to emphasize um, in this process of becoming a new person, you know, like, whatever you want to call it, like, reinventing yourself or rebranding, I know that's, like, kind of overused, but whatever, if it works for you, it works for you, like, as you are trying to come out with this, like, 2.0 version of yourself, I like that better, actually, that 2.0 version of yourself, first of all, stop caring, Stay grounded in who you know you are and release everyone's opinions of you and any fears you have of how people may respond to you. This was the biggest, biggest catalyst for me. Oh my God. Like when, when people ask me like, how do you not care? Like, how do you just say this or wear this or act like this? And like, you don't care what people think. You don't care what like so-and-so thinks or family or whatever it's like you just tell yourself not to care like if you release this idea that what other people think of you equals what you are worth like it just it sets you free in a way that you will never know until you do it the more you care about how someone is going to respond to you based on how you act, speak, think, behave, the more anxious you're going to be, the more stressed you're going to be, and overall just like not at peace. And when we're not at peace with ourselves, that's when we are reactive, angry, when we isolate ourselves, when we're explosive, however you express your emotions, this is when we're not our best selves. And I think sometimes that gets minimized to like, oh, we're just, you know, we have toxic habits or we have, you know, just our tendencies. But it's like really unpack those fucking tendencies, okay? And look at how it is affecting the people around you, not just yourself. Because when I see people in my life repeatedly making the same mistakes over and over again, as their friend, as someone who cares about them, like, it hurts me to see that. And then also... It's like, like it, it really is damaging and harmful to, to friendships. And this is not me just pointing the finger at others. Like, I have definitely been this person in the past. When I was unhealed and when I had shit that I still needed to work through, um, like, pre-therapy and, and all of these things and, like, being in unhealthy relationships and stuff like that, like, it takes a toll really not just on you but ultimately on your immediate communal surroundings um and it starts with 
you, your power of agency, your power to make decisions for yourself, the power of your no. That's something that's been reemerging in my mind and in my vocabulary in the past few weeks is reminding myself of the sacred no or the power of your no. And the power of your no is just as powerful as your yes. And they can both be beautiful opportunities for growth. But especially for people who struggle with boundaries, your power of no is everything. And that directly relates to how important it is to release expectations of what others might think of you and to stop caring once again. Um, Because there really are people in the workplace, in school, at home, who no matter what you do, no matter what you say, they're always going to have something to say. They're always going to have something to fire back with to try to belittle you, to try to make you feel like less than you are, to try to make you question yourself. And so really what's on you at that point is, am I going to care? Am I going to let it affect me the way it did last time? Or is this my chance to prove to myself more than anybody else that I'm above this? That this is not for me. This cycle of repeating the same shit and just nodding my head yes every time someone puts me down or makes me feel like I don't deserve to be here or whatever the case may be. Like, am I just going to let that happen again? Or is this my chance to have a jumping off point into a better experience? So next... If someone blows you off, let them. If someone unfollows you, let them. If someone cancels plans or doesn't want to go out, let them. Do not demand that anyone explain themselves to you. They don't owe you their time and explanation or anything, just as you don't owe them your time, energy, space, etc. We create expectations based on false realities or ideals, of how we wish our circumstances were, but we're not appreciating shit for what it is. And then we project what doesn't feel like enough. So something to keep in mind as we get wrapped up in, you know, what one person did or how one person pissed you off this day or something that happened that, you know, was really inconvenient just remember that some people are literally just a lesson that's it that's all some people are just a chapter or even a two sentence paragraph in the book of your life and the more that you try to draw out those two sentences the shittier the book is going to be so take time to appreciate what you have outside of these things that are causing stress and anxiety because once you see beyond that, there's really so much more. And when I talk about projecting, I think that having space for gratitude and having space for appreciation, it makes us better listeners when other people are telling their stories and sharing things with us because 
myself included, we don't really realize when we are projecting onto others what we feel is unfulfilled. And sometimes we do need to hold up a mirror and be like, why am I actually saying this? (laughs) Like, if someone brings up, like, oh, I'm I'm feeling insecure about um, graduating on time or something. And then if a person responds, like, oh, yeah, I'm so stressed about graduating early. Like, that type of projection, you know, where it's very subtle. You don't really realize that you're doing it. But, you know, holding space for people and listening to them it's about decentering yourself to an exponential degree. Like, not saying, like, oh, you don't exist, but just, like, in this moment, you don't need to. Like, <laughs> just make space for the person who is, is talking to you and trusting you. And, you know, whatever you want to say at that moment, whatever pops into your mind, that doesn't necessarily need to be the thing that you say at that time. You can save it for a time where that person's holding space for you to share. And, I mean, that's really, like, communication skills. And most people don't really have good communication skills. Um, But, yeah, like, a lot of people feel like they need to interject their accomplishments or good works. um, When someone's just, like, having a conversation where they're talking about how they question themselves or anything like that or you know even just the example of when you speak over people when they're trying to talk to you um that signals like that this person has like a a megaphone in your in your face and like they're really not listening to you like if you imagine a person standing in front of you with like noise canceling headphones on with a giant megaphone in front of their face I feel like that's how it feels to be talked at when you're just standing there and maybe it's with a an authoritative figure, maybe it's with a friend, maybe it's with a parent, and it doesn't matter what you say, they're just not listening to you, <laughs> and all they want to listen to is their own voice, and that is truly one of the most frustrating things for me, and I, I can't stand it, like, that's something where I feel like my outlook on that has not changed over the years, I hated it as a kid, I really hate it now, just when people truly don't listen to you. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's a very, very long point of just ultimately the the word that sums all that up is acceptance. Accepting that other people will be the way they are. Accepting that people are inconsistent and they're going to act however they want and they're going to act in their best interest. So with that in mind... Take care of yourself. Take care of your own needs because you can't really just like sit there on the edge of your seat expecting people to fulfill every single one of your needs. And that is a beautiful transition into my next point. Identify your needs. Write about them. Disclose them to a friend, a partner, a confidant. Meditate about it. Pray about it if that's for you. Ask for more answers. Ask for help from people who can help you. Continue asking yourself what you need in your body, what you need emotionally. Then communicate those needs so that they can be fulfilled. Because they can. A note about independence. If it's something you can get done 
yourself, if it's something you can help yourself with, own it. Get up, shower, put a get shit done outfit on, and go do it. Because independence, while hyper-independence is not good, and that is something that I do that I'm trying to unlearn, um, doing things yourself is very empowering. Um, and in the spirit of being a bad bitch and how people always talk about, like, attractiveness, everybody wants to be attractive. That's, like, a universal fact. Everyone wants to be perceived as, like, desired and attractive, but let's be real. People who don't do shit themselves who still have their parents doing everything for them or somebody somebody else like they just sit there and like have a a partner do things for them or their mom they they shop for them they clean for them cook schedule appointments like that's unattractive people can all can argue otherwise and that's great i don't really care but if someone wants to emulate that they are mature that they are an adult Pick up your shit and do what you need to do. Sitting around and waiting for someone else to take charge of your life is an absolute waste of potential. Everyone has needs and deserves to have those needs met, period. But expecting others to always do it for them instead of taking responsibility is a strong indicator that that person has a lot of growing to do. And, you know, when you're looking at, okay, who is this person standing in front of me? Do I want to be friends with them? Am I interested in them? If you see someone who is just like in the passenger seat of their own life, to use that analogy for the 500,000th time, um, it's not cute. It's really not cute. Um, Because oftentimes these are the people, um, speaking from experience in encountering people like this, Um, you have to spell a lot of things out to them because they didn't learn it up until this point. And that can be very frustrating. Um, I find that like some of my favorite people to be around are incredibly self-sufficient people who, you know, hopefully if they need help, they let you know, like y'all can support each other in a positive way, but they're not going to be that needy friend who constantly needs reassurance, who constantly needs someone to be there, who's just always just reacting. That's also what I notice. Like if you are not taught how to handle your emotions independently, then it's like it's like a child reaching out their hand for their mom and constantly reaching out and seeking that comfort externally rather than sitting with the emotion and processing it internally. Because, you know, we can, we can use simple examples of, like, do you schedule your own doctor's appointments? But truly, truly what it comes down to is, like, are you good? And are you taking care of yourself? Or are you always relying on other people to take care of you? Um... So, yeah, independence is a beautiful thing 
Also, asking for help is a beautiful thing. I'm not saying never do that. But, like, if you know that you are over-reliant on others for emotional stability, for reassuredness, take note of that. Next point, um, how many more do we have left? We have a couple more, not too many. Next, of course, this wouldn't be a Vibe and Cultivate episode without talking about mental health. So, stop treating your mental health like it's a secondary priority and not your life. It is whether you're here on this earth or not. There are ways to cope with mental illness, stress, anxiety, etc etc yes chatting with a friend journaling working out these are healthy habits they can be outlets they can be opportunities for creativity and much more but they are not professional help they are not boundaries they are not the tangible choices we make for ourselves and never will be we wonder why we still don't have the answers we want when we're when all we're doing is yelling into echo chambers um primary example would be social media But remember that the answers that you are seeking are out there. The solutions exist, but you need to do the work to seek them out. Saying you need therapy, you're wanting to go, but refusing to actually go is harmful not only to you, but to your community. Um, We know at this point, if you've listened to any of my episodes or other like wellness, mental health podcasters you know that unhealed trauma is the root cause of so much violence of broken families broken friendships so so much and it's fucking sad and to think that so much of it is preventable so let me be clear your mental health is your responsibility only your mind and body can indicate what needs healing So it is up to you to take control of it. I know that seeking out help is very daunting at times, especially for the first time. Especially if you grew up in a community where mental health was stigmatized. If you're a man and you've been told that your emotions don't matter and that you need to stifle and stifle and stifle and that's the only way to prove yourself. Um, if you are a woman and have been told that you are overly emotional and that you need to suppress how you feel because of that, um, understand that these are myths. These were things that you were told that were not true. These were projections from other people. This is my next point. We have to take a long, hard look at our upbringing and identify what doesn't sit right in your soul. When you think about something that a parent told you or a relative and you're like, you know, this never really sat right with me. This never really felt good in my body. Then it probably, there was probably something wrong there. There was, there was a disconnect. There's something that's not true. There's a, there's a myth in there that you need to figure out. Because when you know that something is truly, authentically 
just honest and representative of reality it doesn't it doesn't feel heavy it doesn't feel stressful but a lot of parents <laughs> enter their experience of parenting without a strong foundation themselves of good supportive parenting they themselves did not have the tools to understand their emotions and to understand how to love properly um so the control in that that we do have now as adults is to be real about what we need and to be truly introspective and vulnerable in this process of unpacking our childhood which is really hard you know and there's a lot of stuff that comes up for people and it can be incredibly triggering we usually need a lot of support in those moments and that's okay but it's really amazing how much of our parent-child relationships and domestic relationships how much of that carries into our romantic relationships and friendships with people and the behaviors that we tolerate in others. And for me, it's actually a lot of negative self-talk that I've noticed emerging in my own inner dialogue that comes from my childhood. And that was something that, I, I mean, it's something that I still deal with, Um, But it's something that I'm now able to quickly identify when it comes up and be like, okay, okay, like reel it back in. I don't need to be doing all this. Like I can just sit here and like be content with where I am and not be striving to do more and more and more and more and more. Like I can literally just be here and still be enough. So that's something that (laughs) I am still learning um yeah so some I mean some other things to to identify in in parents and our relationships with them is look at how your parents viewed themselves how did they teach you to love yourself did they how did they take care of themselves how did they cope how did they find joy how did they respond to triggers Now, are there any similarities between their actions and yours? It's a lot to think about. Um, That is the last point that I have for this little seminar for you guys. Um, I'm going to do a quick preview of what's to come for the rest of season two. I have so many ideas that I started drafting up a long time ago, um, for what's going to be covered. I'm going to be talking about toxicity in the wellness space and willful, willful ignorance. Um, we already talked about how to begin talking about your mental health, self-forgiveness. Um, I'm going to be talking about fitness, dieting, and high school sports. Um, also, how to cope with the toxicity of social media. Um, I want to talk about sexualization and the gender binary. 
Um, there is going to be a lot. Something I really want to integrate is a diversity of topics and also like really specific things, not just like how to love yourself. Because I feel like season one, like we got that. <laughs> like those those broader, more general topics, like they're lovely to talk about, but it's like you can only say it so many times before it's like, okay, you just have to believe it or like dive into something that is more specific. So that's something I want to do. Um, also, most people who listen to this podcast, for the most part, are college age, 20s, um, or high school, and so a lot of us have had, like, really similar experiences, um, and I, I want to acknowledge that and dive into what I know and, um, just share some realizations that I've had in particular about um health and fitness um I've gotten a lot of requests to talk about that um I think a big reason for that is because I'm vegan and people tend to be really interested in like how that's possible which I find really funny because it's really not that hard um but anyways (laughs) Maybe that was just a projection for me. My bad, my bad. But, um, yeah, that's something I really want to talk about. Um, fitness is important to me. Um, as I say very enthusiastically. Um, yes, fitness is very important to me. And I do like talking about eating well and taking care of yourself. Um, but there's obviously a flip side to that. That can be very dangerous. Um, and, yeah, I have several friends who have battled eating disorders, who are still battling eating disorders. Um, And this shit is lethal. It is serious. It is not a joke. Um, It should never be glamorized. Um, And it does need to be talked about a lot more. So I am looking forward to that conversation. Um, Thank you for supporting this podcast. Um... Yeah, not much more to say. Uh, Please support this podcast if you are willing and able. My info is in the bio. Um, Please give what you can if you enjoy this content. Um, You are loved, you are appreciated, and I hope you have a blessed day.